Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gauri Ramkumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. So welcome everyone. So today we have Aryan Ross with us, product director at Rain and Code LLC, uh, where which enables law firms and corporate legal departments to speed their adoption of AI and other new technologies. Uh, welcome again to Knowledgeable Knowledgeable Ninjas podcast. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me, uh, Gauri. Thank you. Good meeting you. Thank you. So how are you today? I'm doing fine thanks and I'm excited to uh, contribute to to this podcast and share some of our experiences when it comes to documentation and our journey there. Fantastic. So let's quickly jump on to the questions now. So uh, please kindly share how you initially got into documentation. Right. Yeah. Well, this uh, Thursday comes Thursday January 16th. Uh it's it's been a year that I've been here uh, working at Rhine and Court and um Um so Rhinocord itself is a, is a startup and uh it uh, picked up you could say in all earnest early last year and and the goal of Rhinocord is to uh make it fast and easy and affordable for law firms that is what that's our initial um uh, customer group law firms uh large international law firms and also legal departments to to adopt and manage modern cloud-based software applications uh without having to sacrifice security or stability and what we basically provide what it basically comes to is uh we deliver a platform to to those law firms on which applications can run applications that would traditionally run in the cloud and having applications run in the cloud for law firms comes with these uh, security and uh, stability uh challenges because it's all about sharing sensitive data and and customer consent is it for that so what we basically enable law firms to do is to run it inside their own data center and and for these applications to be deployed um inside the data centers of the law firm and that addresses uh, the concern of sharing uh, that sensitive data uh, over the internet now now back to your question how did i get into documentation as a startup uh we have two uh major you could say reader groups or or categories of readers um external to to ourselves and and one is the customer group that i just mentioned those law firms we need to provide them with proper documentation about our product uh about how to use it um uh how to maintain it and 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 also how the product is built so there's a lot of information we want to share with the law firm but that's only a half of our reader audience the other half are the software application vendors who run their applications on our platform so being a platform 
we are in the middle of software vendors and and those law firms and legal departments. And and we are in the middle there as, as a platform. So that is how I got into documentation. What we needed to have is a solution on a short notice. We couldn't we didn't have the time and capacity to build it ourselves. So what we were looking for was a solution that enables us to produce documentation in an efficient manner, effective manner. That means that all the aspects of documentation um, that are important for documentation need to be there, by which we um, serve two different groups of readers, if you like. So on one hand, the software application vendors, and on the other hand, uh, the law firms. And that is really how, how I got into documentation because um, uh, one of my first tasks, I still remember, uh, one of my first little internal projects uh, when, when I joined Wine and Court was to look for a proper documentation solution. And, um, and, and yeah, that, that is how it all started. Fantastic. That uh, again, once again, advanced uh, anniversary to you. Um, uh, I didn't know that, so I wanted to wish you there. And uh, as you rightly said, due to the nature of your organization, uh, having a SaaS-based uh, solution for documentation is something that you might have considered uh, thoroughly within the organization. So what kind of documentation processes um, you brought in and uh, who did you get uh, involved in this uh, process setting exercise? Yeah. That, that is a very good one because, um, as you may understand, as a startup, there aren't that many processes in place yet. Um, but because this is externally facing documentation, uh, we discussed, hey, wh what process should we uh, build around this? Because this is not something to, to be taken light. And um, um, so we've got technical engineers, technical architects, as well as product management. Um, inside the company, and basically creating those articles is really a cooperation between the experts. So that is where it all starts. Um, our, our documentation tends to be somewhat more technical in nature and content. Um, so what I focused on very much is more the structure of the various articles and how to split between the different reader groups. Uh, we also use that... Um, uh, document 360 feature to publish to specific reader groups so that each of the reader groups only see documentation that is relevant to them uh, and, and not information that is irrelevant to them. And, and, and that feature, by the way, is very important to us. So coming back to the process, the experts drive the documentation in, inside uh, Rhine and Court. Then those drafts are reviewed by others. Um, like me, but also others in, in uh, product management. Uh, so we take a final look. We make sure that, um, you know, the structure, the content is correct, and then we publish it. Fantastic. So you do have a, a very well-defined um, roles and responsibilities uh, to make sure the published content is uh, uh, gone through proper approval process. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And um, what we also see happen now, um, let's say after after roughly a year, is that certain individuals have picked up that role of editor um, and publisher themselves. So if they really own a particular uh, article, sometimes they make these small 
uh, updates to it, and and then they're authorized to publish themselves. So then we have really an owner of a particular uh, technical arc, uh, article. Um, so we are still learning, but we definitely have that uh, that review uh, 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 step in in the process. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. So I think you kind of answered my next question as well. What are the important factors uh, you consider when creating documentation for your SaaS uh, business? One is uh, reader groups and giving segregated access and of course having a well-defined process before anything gets published. Uh, please share any other important factors you might have, uh, Arjen. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think that is an important question. And, and you know what, as, as a startup and being busy with our own product, what we should be in the position of um, is to focus on content, right? So that, that is the most important for us to make sure that the content is explained in those articles in an understandable, well-structured manner. And then all the other aspects like the logistics of publishing that we just talked about, review and publish, uh, to the relevant user groups, the capability of split between user groups, uh, the formatting, the landing page, the images, um, the capability of exporting to PDF, et cetera, et cetera. That is all what we expected uh, of a documentation solution. So these also were the, the criteria based on which we made our choice, what documentation solution should we take? It, it is really to, uh, you know, what we looked for was a solution that took care of um, of all these, um, let's say, uh, aspects that are important to, to documentation, versioning. I don't know if I mentioned versioning. Uh, all, all these aspects that I just mentioned so that we can uh, focus on the content. That, that is for us what was most important in the documentation solution. Great. So having heard uh, how important documentation is for you and uh, how much you spend in making sure all the data is accurate. So what role do you think uh, has your documentation played in your customer success or uh, uh, services strategy? Yeah, um, I think a large role. Um, and the reason why I think that is without having the proper documentation in place, people either fill the gaps themselves or they start, start asking questions. The moment they start asking questions, we can still answer these questions, but then the next customer and the next and the next, or in case of the vendors, the next vendor and the next vendor, they will always keep coming back with more and more questions. Mm. So, so what we try to achieve by, um, you, uh, by, publishing our knowledge articles is to provide enough information, be it relevant to those software application vendors or be it relevant to our law firms um, as, as a customer base, uh, so that they understand and that the questions they ask are really the, um, let's say, the, the, the very detailed questions or the questions that um, could not otherwise be, uh, be provided uh, in the documentation. And then by receiving those questions, we can, you know, revisit the content and enrich it and say, okay, so now we publish a next version, which includes uh, the questions that are asked. So that over time, you know, we don't lose any, any time and we, we enable ourselves to, 
um, to serve a much larger customer base um, compared to, you know, if if we wouldn't have this in place already now today, we would be, you know, choked by um, answering tons of questions all day long. Mm-hmm. So so that, that is how it enables us to, to move ahead with, uh, with our business. Fantastic. So again, what kind of reduction do you think in your workload um, you've seen since introducing such quality documentation? And how long have you been having this documentation, um, uh, Aryan? Well, I think we did a selection early last year. So I think the first try uh, trials with this uh, document 360 was back in, what was it? March, April last year, I think. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we started to use it in all earnest, I think, soon after that. So probably from May onwards. Or, um, I, I, I don't have the exact uh, starting date, but it was roughly along those timelines. So what kind of reduction in workload have you uh, noticed? I know this one and the ROI is one thing you can't tell in numbers, especially when it comes to documentation. But uh, any other ways you have uh, seen this reduction in your workload? Yeah, well, as as you rightfully say, we we can't talk about the reduction in workload because we we as a startup, (laughs) um, we're starting up our work. So the more we build, the more documentation to write. So. Um, but uh, what I could imagine, though, is uh, how would we have survived, right, mm-hmm. without having a ready-to-use, out-of-the-box documentation solution uh, available to us? Then what would we have been left to? Um, uh, publishing documents through what? We, I think we either should have built something ourselves or I, I don't know how we would have survived. So, in other words... For us, this is, um, although we didn't want to build this ourselves because our engineers work on our own product, um, if, 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 there weren't, if there hadn't been an out-of-the-box uh, documentation solution, then um, yeah, we, we simply would have needed to, to build something ourselves. So in terms of um, ROI or um, uh, you know, asking about efficiency, um, the fact that all the logistics of documentation that we just mentioned, so the versioning, the reviewing, the publication, the um, you know the formatting that comes out of the box, the landing page that comes out of the box, the capability of um, publishing to specific reader groups, um, the self-registration, I think we haven't even mentioned that one. Uh, that's very important to us. We, we don't want to publish to the world. We want to publish to very specific readers. And these readers, by using their allowed domain, they can self-register to our documentation portal. So we have on one hand the flexibility, on the other hand, we protect our documents to, to be seen by, by all and everyone. And, and all that came, came out of the box. So um, how long would it have taken us to, to build this ourselves? I, I even can't answer that question. So that in terms of, of ROI and efficiency, I think... To be honest, we, we were more looking for effectiveness rather than efficiency when we started with all this. And um, yeah, that, that was our biggest driver, to be effective in, in publishing whatever we needed to publish. Fantastic. So I know I, I, I am aware of your business nature. And uh, so are you currently generating any organic search traffic from your knowledge base? Um, we, we are not generating 
in generating that. But uh, I think it is something we need to start to look at now that the number of readers grows and that the number of uh, uh, knowledge-based articles, um, that number also grows. So that is definitely uh, something we need to dive into uh, um, some point soon. Great. Great. So that was really uh, good, Aryan. So you did share um, very valid and important points on how one should focus on uh, getting their documentation short, uh, sorted and also bring processes around uh, approvals and uh, uh, creating structures. So let's now move on to the rapid fire round. Um, so who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career? Yeah. Um... That's a good one. Basically, that was long ago. And um, um, also in, in earlier roles, I, I've been in, in that area of product management. So I, I was always, um, I, I, I'm very used to be in the position of being between the technical experts and, and the world out there, the end users or um, uh, the leadership of the end users or wh whomever is out there in the outside world. And um, so somehow um, I always have been, you know, uh, working with, you could say, information transfer, be it documentation, be it training, be it making videos, be it, you know, in whatever the format is. And, and it was one training course, going back to your question, um, from whom did I learn most about documentation? There was one training course I, I once uh, attended, and that really long ago. Um, I think it was even back in the 90s, so maybe this is, <laughs> people will okay. say, they'll start saying, okay, boomer now. Um, but anyway, um, I, was once, uh, I once was on a training course um, where I learned about a method called information mapping. And um, it's a bit hard to find on the internet nowadays, but mm -hmm. it is still there, information mapping. And the concept that I learned back then um, the, the basic ideas of chunking the information, the, the principle of relevance, the principle of labeling, the principle of uh, consistency, um, and there were a number of, of additional principles that I learned back then, uh, were extremely insightful. And I, I think they still worth, if people are interested in, and they Google for information mapping, um, I think it never has grown uh, wildly large uh, in, in the globe. But anyway, you, you asked me, uh, who did? Um, from whom did I learn most about documentation? Well, yeah. it, it was definitely that that training course that uh, um, a couple of coins dropped uh, inside me. Yes, fantastic. So now, what is the one piece of documentation-related advice you would give to your twenty-year-old self? Yeah, <laughs> going back to you. Um, <laughs> well, th this would be my as a non-techie. So consider me as a non-technical person, okay? Mm. So um, as a non-technical person, if you are in the software industry or in any other industry that deals with technical complexities that need to be explained to others who are less, you know, immersed in all those technical complexities, enable the experts to write documentation. Let them write. At the same time, don't Tell an expert how to write exactly and what detail to put in and what detail to leave out. Let them write. And let them also provide those details that they deem relevant. 
let them write it down in their own style, in their own words, with their own, you know, well-chosen level of detail. Don't tell an expert uh, uh, what to write, first of all, because otherwise you could do it yourself, right? Um, but, and, and also not how to write, just let them get it out. And then, you know, while not putting an expert in a straitjacket, like, no, 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 you can't write it this way because the format says you must put this here and put that there. Don't do that because it kills people. It, it, not, not literally, yeah. but, mm. but, but it kills the imagination, right, of people. So it, don't, don't do that. Don't put them in a straitjacket. Let, it, let them write, get it out, and then read it and then start structuring it. So content first and then the structure. So take a look as a reader, put then the article in your own words, but be careful there because don't, don't compromise on detail, right? If you think there's too much detail in one article, maybe you should split it over two articles, that's fine. Um, uh, be creative in, in how you structure it or follow your company uh, policies in how to structure it or look at information mapping or, or whatever the method is that you use. Um, and then after doing that, so content first, then the structure. And after doing that, go back to the original author and ask that author to read the rewritten or the restructured article. And if he or she then still agrees, then thumbs up. Um, if he doesn't agree, right, then maybe uh, you have you know, left something out that was relevant or you have not understood it correctly yourself or, you know, so then there is something to learn and, and to improve upon. But in that way, the real dialogue between the technical expert and the documentalist um, uh, starts, you know, that is where the bonding starts and that is where the mutual understanding starts. And uh, I think yeah, this is just my, uh, my one minute advice to the 20 year what was it? 20-year-old self. Yeah. <laughs> it let, ne never stray jacket the expert, but get out of the expert, whatever the expert wants to share and then uh, and uh, come up with your structure later and not the other way around. Fantastic. But, Fantastic. And keep is. learning. Keep yeah. learning. And that, that, is, that, is, that, is, that is my final advice while doing that and being yeah. in touch with such an expert. Keep learning. Be, always be open to learn more. Yep. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. Thank you for all the feedback you've been giving giving to us and helping us uh, improvise the product for you and for others who who loves to keep their documentation as a main part of their business. So, um, anything else you would like to add, Arin? Yeah. Hey, by the way, coming back to your other point about the efficiency and and the ROI, mm -hmm. um, there there is an element there uh, which is very important. Asking about efficiency supposes that there is already an existing situation, that there is already an existing documentation process, and now you start to make it more efficient. Before becoming efficient, you first must be effective. And, and, and that is something that um, I think is very important to realize that we use Document 360 not so much as an efficiency tool to um, make our documentation 20% more um, uh, efficient or something like that. That's not what it is. What, what, we use it as an enabler. We use it as becoming effective in the first place, even before thinking about efficiency. So I just want to share that with you to, you know, um, there are two words, efficient, efficiency and effectiveness that, that sound a little similar, but are 
completely different, different. things, right? Um, because efficiency is about how cost effective how cost effective you are. So, so mm. if, if you get from A to B uh, at at a thousand bucks, and now you find a method to get from A to B uh, for six hundred bucks, so you saved yourself four hundred bucks, and that is then an efficiency gain, you could say, of 400, up, you know, so 40%. Now, but getting from A to B in the first place, that is about being effective. And that was our starting point. We needed to get documentation out that was good looking, that was, you know, doable for us, etc. So, yeah, maybe that gives a different perspective on on that question of ROI and efficiency. Yeah, yeah, it makes complete sense, Arian. All right. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.